Folks, welcome on into the first episode of our brand new baseball exclusive show here at Unabated. All season long, I'm joined by pro sports better Jason Weingarten as we examine the edges and angles to attack as we try to turn a profit betting baseball this summer. It's going to be a great show, and I'm so excited to bring it to you. So without further ado, it's time to go deep left. As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 ball game. Hello, everyone, and welcome on in to Deep Left, the unabated sports baseball podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Viola, and for this wonderful baseball season, each and every week, sometimes more than once a week, mainly most of the time more than once a week, none other than Jason Weingarten, Spreadopedia himself, is going to be joining me here as we break down the ins and outs, the edges and the angles that you want to be attacking over the course of this baseball season. Jason, I am so excited to be kicking this show off with you. I think that we have a fantastic summer ahead, and I am certainly looking forward to making some money and diving into some of the ways that we can attack the long grind of baseball season here as we enter the summer sports drought. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting to be here unabated. It's uh, full of some pretty talented people. And now I get to uh, get to work with all you guys and something I've wanted to do for a while. So pretty excited to be here and pretty excited to work with you, Tommy. I get a I get a co-host. I get somebody to talk to and. It's just not going to be me talking to myself for 20 or 30 minutes at a time. So I'm um, pretty, pretty excited about that. I'm pretty excited about the baseball season. I am, I got to say, though, coming off the World Baseball Classic. I just don't know how you can go from two weeks of watching the World Baseball Classic to being excited about the Nationals and, and the, 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 the Rockies on opening day. But, you know, we're going to we're going to teach you teach you guys how to make money betting baseball and you know show you some things you might not know and hopefully make you a better baseball better in the process i am so excited and you are right the world baseball classic is where we have to start off here we have some win totals to talk about today and plenty more futures discussions to have before the season officially gets going at the end of the month but for now the world baseball classic ended last night when we're recording this, at least with Japan taking down the United States to win their third ever classic title and just an amazing story, a storybook ending here. You have one of the biggest names in baseball right now on Japan in Lars Newtbar. And of course, that <laughs> Shuhei Otani guy going up against Mike Trout and the all stars of the United States. And it, it all came down to the per you couldn't script it any better. The last at bat is Otani versus Trout. Uh, what what did you think about the game and about the classic as a whole? And where what lessons Major League Baseball can learn from it? I mean, just the the final game itself when uh, when they asked Otani if he was available to pitch, and and his his answer was absolutely. You knew you knew the game was going to go through him one way or the other. If, if Japan was, was in the lead or close to the lead at the end, he would be on the mound. And as the game got further along, you know, people were starting to say, well, Mike Trout's going to be batting in the ninth inning. Are we going to get an Otani versus Trout matchup? And I was like, you know, we're going to get that matchup. There's no way this game in this tournament could have ended other than, than Mike Trout facing Shohei Otani. And, you know, you got your money's worth. The 
best two weeks of baseball I can recall my adult life. Yeah, it was it was a tremendous tournament and just that storybook ending to have on top of it all. I'll tell you that that Otani and that Mike Trout guy, someone should get them on the same team in the major leagues because I am sure they would win every title every year. They're both just so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I I still got to go back and watch. Uh, I got to go back and watch the the Japan Mexico the end of that game again. But I really enjoyed the last two weeks. I think anybody who didn't enjoy the world baseball classic has to reassess their relationship with baseball because this was this was the most fun it was profitable betting as well futures and on a game-by-game basis it was just enjoyable to watch you know it's one thing when you can make money betting but truth be told had japan lost last night i wouldn't have been upset at all you know i would have lost some money but i would have said i just watched a great game you know i can't can't ask for much more than what the world baseball classic delivered and it'll be back in 2026 and i expect even more top tier players to want to take part of it you know when you see mike trout come back and say this was the best 10 days of my life that gets your attention so expect an even better world baseball classic in 2026 it's true. And I mean, I come from more of a soccer background. I obviously love the World Cup. There is something to be said for putting on that national team shirt and going out there and representing your country. And it was very clear that this mattered to every single player who was there for every team. It wasn't just, oh, this is a bunch of exhibition games for us that we're not taking seriously. Everybody was in it to win it. But speaking of winning here, before we get into the major league season and our major league talk here, it was a profitable tournament for you. How was it different than betting on some of these major league games? Because I know, for example, the spread market was radically different than what you'd see in a major league baseball matchup. Yeah. So for me, uh, run lines is something that I, I don't particularly spend a ton of time on during the regular season. I will, I will bet them on occasion, but not not necessarily something that I do, you know, heavily day to day. And in the uh, World Baseball Classic, you're all of a sudden getting, you know, Nicaragua seven and a half versus Venezuela. I'm like, I could lay a, over a touchdown in a baseball game. All right, I'll do it. You know, our, uh, you know, there's situations, just just weird weird numbers, three and a half, four and a half. You know, numbers that you just never see in a a regular season baseball game and yeah, I'll take them. I'll take a big dog. And I always say, you know, I think I might've told this to you. I don't remember who I was telling this to when I was in Vegas this weekend, I live bet an NHL total under 14 and a half when it was like seven, two in the, the second period or something. I said, so I said to my friend, you know why I bet under 14 and a half said, cause you got to score 15 times to beat me. It's the same thing when I take seven and a half runs and Nicaragua versus Venezuela. You know why I took the the plus seven and a half? Because you got to beat me by eight runs. It's a lot harder to do than it looks on paper. So um, sometimes you just, with the experience, you could look at an inflated line and say, okay, like, you know, uh, see see how I lose this. And occasionally you do. Occasionally you you end up on the wrong side of a big number. But, yeah, that's uh, my run lines in the – World Baseball Classic tended to to work out. I I don't remember what the result of the hockey game was. I was the one you it were won. It probably shouldn't have, but it won. I, yeah. I figured they would kind of skate it out at the end of the game, and 
they they basically did. Yeah, and then we lost our XFL bet together on the first ever. Yes, the uh, Thursday night XFL chase bet did uh, did not work out this week. Mm-hmm. Were, uh, were there any other edges that you were really trying to exploit during the WVC? Edges. I mean, there's some stuff with live betting that I find interesting, um, especially when teams score early, get these really inflated team totals. You know, they'll get up to like seven and a half, eight and a half live. And a lot of times, you know, I mean, you're spotting them two runs, three runs early. But, you know, you know, baseball games don't just continue to score just because they scored early. Uh, You know, a lot of times I'll be like, well, I'll take the the under, you know, I'll take a team total under at eight and a half. I'll take a team total under eight and a half, basically on any team. If you're going to offer it. Um, situationally, you always have to keep in mind that there was a slaughter rule that, that comes into effect. So um, that also presents opportunities in live bettings because, you know, other than like a walk-off grand slam, you know, the game's over when they score you know, a certain amount of runs. It was 10 after seven or 15 after five. So you can kind of make some inferences as to where where you want to bet and how you want to bet live. And uh, yeah, I think actually live betting was was pretty profitable for the, the World Baseball Classic, mainly because you would get a lot of inflation, especially when teams score early and, you know, a, a run line, for example, the, the Team USA-Venezuela quarterfinal, after uh, after Team USA took a three-run lead in the first inning, Venezuela drifted out all the way to plus three and a half, which, you know, I had a pretty big Team USA bet there. I had to play some plus three and a half. I think that ended up, you know, I ended up winning both sides of that bet. Um, the other interesting thing with the World Baseball Classic is a lot of games were relatively high scoring, I think, in the pool round or early in the pool round which led to inflated totals. And I, I think it kind of cycled, saw the cycle happen once or twice in the, the two weeks of the tournament. But um, you even saw it last night, the Japan Team USA total drifted all the way up to 10, you know, with juice on the over. And I get it, you know, the, the, the games in Miami had all kind of flown over and the ball looked kind of juiced, but you know, 10 runs is a lot of, lot of, lot of runs knowing that Shohei Otani and you Darvish and all the Japanese pitchers loomed. So I was happy to bet the under there, you know, and had it gone over, I just would have kind of shrugged my shoulders and said, okay, inflated ball or uh, juice ball, whatever. But uh, yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed the tournament. I think uh, it's unfortunate when you get these tournaments every three, four years, you, you, you only get a short opportunity to apply what you learned in the last tournament, but I got uh, I, I think I did a good job this year. All right, let's turn the page here and start focusing on the major league season. As you said, it is a bit of a come down here. It's tough to get excited about some of these early season matchups that we're going to have after watching such an amazing tournament like we did, but That doesn't mean that there isn't plenty to consider in the futures market here. And today, talking about some win totals, let's start off. Are there any teams that you've already been trying to hit on the totals for? Yeah, my uh, my number one win total for the year, my uh, favorite play is an under. It's under 76, under 76 and a half. 75 is still good. 75 and a half, also acceptable. Uh, The Miami Marlins, under. I don't see how this is a 76 win team 
I see Fangraphs has them projected for 80 wins, which is a little insane to me. I would actually like somebody to walk me through that projection to, to show me what I'm missing because I don't get it. I, I don't see, you know, when I look at the projections, I see Johnny Cueto as the third starter. You know, Johnny Cueto couldn't win a game with the Dominican lineup behind him. Now you're going to give him the Marlins and expect him to give you 150 innings of quality baseball. I, I don't necessarily see it. And I, I do understand, you know, Johnny Cueto, if he can give you 150 innings of four ERA baseball, he's probably worth whatever you're paying him. But how do you seriously think you're going to contend in a division with the Braves, who went to the World Series two years ago and won, Phillies, who were the runner-up in the World Series last year, and the Mets, who basically have unlimited money at this point? Rest How in peace, do you Edwin possibly Diaz. think you're going to compete in that division? I, I don't see it. And what worries me even more is Derek Jeter, who was, you know, the, the president of baseball ops or had equity in the team, everything. He walked away from the franchise. He he left the Miami Marlins and walked away from equity in a major league baseball franchise because for whatever reasons behind the scenes, he knows more than we know. But he, he realizes that this isn't a winning franchise. This isn't a winning situation. This isn't something that he wants his name attached to, you know. And and when I when I keep that in mind, when I factor that in, you know, I, I don't see how this team outperforms their expectations. If if anything, this is a team more likely to start off poorly and trade any veterans that they can get any value out of or any any uh, any prospects out of the the window for this team to compete. is not 2023 it's future the distant future at this point um so i need i need somebody anybody to give me the other side of this case because as far as i could tell the only way the marlins get to 80 wins is if they outperform their expectations you know at every position at every level um and i find that hard to do because it's like you look at uh, sandy alcantara and how can he pitch better than he did last year you're really asking four other starting pitchers to pick up a lot of slack, a lot of a lot of questionable bullpen arms to pick up a lot of slack, and I'm just not convinced they can do it. Nobody, nobody has explained to me how we're going to hit that 80 win plateau. As Jason Gay once said in uh, the Wall Street Journal, "Life's too short to be a Miami Marlin," and I completely agree with you here. I know someone's going to make the joke that uh, that was just two years ago for me, but. I'm pretty sure Johnny Cueto was pitching for the Giants when I was in high school. Like this guy, you like you said, you're really going to get 150 quality innings out of him like that. And it it's so many teams that people look at what they did last year and say, oh, they can continue this. Kind of like two years ago with the Giants where they everybody just expected them to eventually fall off. They ended up losing to the Dodgers in the playoffs. But no one expected that team to exceed to exceed expectations by as much as they did. And then when they did it the next season, everybody turned around and the front office was like, well, this team did this last year. They can do it again this year. And it was, Oh no, everyone had career years and is now regressing. You, you can't expect the Marlins to be that level of team. That's going to go out and overperform by that much. Right. I can't, I don't. I mean, I look at guys that they're expecting to get, you know, starts out of frequently Avicel Garcia 
you know, names like that. And I just, I'm like, really, you're going to, you think nobody wanted Gene Segura. That's how he ended up on the Marlins. Nobody wanted Uleski Guriel, who I like a lot, but you're asking a lot out of these veterans to, you know, perform in, in the, the, you know, highest percentiles of their projections. And I don't see it. I, I just see this being an average team in a competitive division and they're not going to be able to beat up on the nationals as many games as they did last year. And it's going to hurt them. Are there any other teams in specific that you're looking at right now or that you've already bet before we move on to talking more general here? I bet some futures on the Astros early in the off season before Jose Altuve got hurt. And frankly, I don't think Jose Altuve being hurt is going to really change these projections much one way or the other. Um, you know, obviously him not being in the lineup for two months will, you know, cost them a game or two here or there, but the Astros are still the Astros top to bottom. They're mm-hmm. probably the best built team in the American league. If not all baseball, as much as I don't like to say nice things about the Astros, you know, you got to hand it to them. They put together a really good team. They won the world series. They've won multiple world series at this point with these, <laughs> the core of these players and not only all that but they go out and they add jose abreu one of the best you know all-around players in baseball who probably doesn't get the recognition he deserves because he started his career out of cuba a couple years too late and spent so many years in chicago with the white Sox, and we don't get to see him in the playoffs but this is a guy that i love one of my favorite baseball players and you know, and on one hand, like I said, I'm sad to see him on the Astros because I don't love the Astros, but I'm happy I get to watch one of my favorite players in a in a situation where he gets to, you know, contribute on a World Series potential team. So my Astros bets, not so much on win totals, but the uh, the most regular season wins market, I think they're about six to one at uh circa still i think it's like 560 at the moment but uh wouldn't surprise me to see the astros lead baseball in wins again this year like i said they added jose abreu the pitching depth they have is you know practically unmatched the dodgers probably would say something about that but you know they bring up guys like hunter brown this year and ronel blanco Obviously, no no one pitcher or group of pitchers is going to replace Justin Verlander, especially the season he had last year. But the the Astros pitching depth, you know, will will carry them where other teams would, you know, stumble. And it's just such a, a good team top to bottom. I'm you know, I hate to say it. I hate to say nice things about the Astros, but, you know, they've they've earned their reputation as a, as a juggernaut. And now you, when you talk about uh, replacing pitchers, no team really can come to mind more that more so than the Mets who, as you said, now have unlimited money, but no, it's going to be a very, very new look pitching rotation there in New York this season. Uh, you're losing now two big names here because DeGrom is gone, obviously. And now Edwin Diaz is probably going to be out for the entire season is that what we're looking at yeah six months he could ramp up maybe be back by the playoffs but you're 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 losing that 
you know, closer shutdown mm-hmm. inning for, for the regular season, which is unfortunate, but you know, truth be told of all the, uh, of all the injuries and all the, the potential guys you need to replace a, uh, a closer is probably one of the easier positions to, um, you know, find that replacement inning out of. And yeah, Edwin Diaz was really good last year. You know, his, his numbers were, were such so high, like the strikeouts and everything. He really does. Uh, you know, he comes in and, and the game is practically over, you know, you can shorten the game with a reliever like that, but you know, like I said, it's, it's replaceable. I think the fans get upset when they see an injury like that and rightfully so. You know, he has the whole trumpets and everything. He's he's pretty pretty popular. But if I had to lose a pitcher, I'd much rather lose closer than you know one of my starters. That's a very good point there. I will for sure be missing the trumpets this season, but I'm still going to be blasting narco in my car. Now let's talk some win totals here in the more general. Over the next couple of weeks, as you get ready for the season here, what are some of the ways that you want to look? to attack these numbers? How, how is it that you're evaluating these teams and coming to your conclusion of, okay, this number seems off to me. I'm going to go hit it. So for me, especially for the last couple of years with the way baseball has been trending, you, you have the haves and the have nots. And I feel like the middle ground, the middle, middle teams are, are kind of the teams that kind of get screwed the most here. Cause in the long run, if you're like the Minnesota twins or the Cleveland guardians, you're the general manager and you go to your owner and you say you need $20 million to, to make this trade and add, you know, an all-star veteran as the owner, you're kind of in this position where, you know, you want to give your front office everything they need to succeed, but it's also your money. And you know that spending another $20 million to compete with the Astros or the Yankees or whoever else, it's kind of throwing, you know, good money after bad at that point and and you're just not getting any sort of return you know when when you go out and sign that guy or trade for that guy and then the astros just go out and sign someone even better trade for someone even better you're you're not making up any ground and i think for me the first thing i like to do you know is kind of it's a barbell approach i want to find out Who are the best teams? Who are the elite teams, the Dodgers, the Astros? Who else can we put up with them in that tier? And then I want to find who are the worst teams. You know, we already know Oakland is bad. We already know the Nationals are bad. The problem is you don't get a lot of leeway. When you're betting totals, win totals, especially unders that are already in the 60s, you just don't have much leeway. Because, you know... (sighs) you're going to win, you know, even bad baseball teams will find a way to win 60 games over 162 game schedule. It's not like we're going to all of a sudden see a 55 win team this year, even, even from the dregs of the dregs of baseball. So for me, it's, I put don't have the worst numbers already. Cause like I said, the nationals, the A's, No secret they're going to be bad. The Marlins, for example, could be almost as bad. Not, you know, I'm going to say no team with a Cy Young winning pitcher like that's going to be a 65-win team. But, you know, I really see this team, 
you know, with a 65 or 75 win total, 76 win total, I see him as a 70 win team easily, probably, probably slightly under. So I'm always looking for teams like that, that I can exploit to the downside. I'll give you an example. A couple of years ago, I went to the, the baseball meetings in Las Vegas, the winter meetings, and just kind of interloped into different conversations and, you know, talk to whoever would answer my questions. And one of the things I gathered from speaking to, you know, executives that would give me the time was that the Baltimore Orioles were not planning on competing. Like they just weren't. They, the way they were rebuilding their organization, they were content to, you know, lose a hundred games for the foreseeable future every season. So I immediately went from the winter meetings to betting the Baltimore Orioles win total unders that year. And it was incredibly profitable. I think it worked for two years in a row because um, you never know kind of what tidbits you're going to get from some some executive who's going to be overly candid at a bar at a conversation. Um, they don't know who I am. They didn't know I was a better. They just knew I was a guy at the, the winter baseball meetings picking their brain. Um, but you can get good info like that. And it's important to kind of be able to identify the teams and where they are in their rebuilding cycles because, you know, especially like Baltimore Orioles, which a lot of people have been following their, their, um, you know, their rebuild for the last couple of years, they've, they've not necessarily embraced the tank, but they embraced, you know, knowing that they were going to be bad. And you saw last year, they got better as the season went on and Mm -hmm. they outperformed their expectations. I think they're up to 77 on the win total this year i won't be taking the under this year uh if if anything i lean over i uh i think baltimore was an incredibly profitable team to bet last year as well so i will have my eye on them um but i didn't run out i didn't run out and bet their win total over this year i think the market has kind of caught up to the orioles no longer being a seller dweller um but they'll be fun to watch i definitely got my eye on them i think uh they're probably still a year away from being a, a serious contender. But if, if we're talking about them potentially making the playoffs this year, you know, I'm I'm not surprised. So um, let me pull up their playoff. Yes, no odds real quick. Hold on. Yeah, I've got their win total in front of me right here at 77 at, over at Circa right now. Um, <clears throat> again, as we preach all day, every day here on Unabated, make sure you're line shopping, especially when it comes to these futures markets, because – for something like win totals, for something like this, that half game, it and this is stating the massively obvious, but that half game difference can be absolutely huge for you. Uh, do you have well, the? Do you do you have them up here? I'm. Yeah. So the what I wanted to mention is that um, the the win totals are great, but you don't always have to just bet a win total, especially now with so many different books and so many markets available. Uh, you have yes, no playoff odds widely available that used to not necessarily be a thing. So for me, like, do I necessarily want to bet Baltimore at 77 or 77 and a half wins when I can get plus 395 on, on the O's to make the playoffs? Like you could split that bet between the two of them. You can do all sorts of things. But for me, you know, I'm much more interested in taking almost four to one on Baltimore to make the playoffs than than betting them on a over 77. Uh, if they do continue to outperform their expectations, I would expect I would be betting on them frequently this year. 
they were definitely an exciting team at the end of last season and they they did come close i i do a local radio show here in vegas sometimes and all of last season the uh, mainstay host i back up for him <clears throat> excuse me and uh his his board op his producer was a really is a really big orioles fan and at the start of the season they made a deal that he could play the orioles fight song every time the orioles won a game and it was the worst bet that the host ever made because they finally, the Orioles actually had a competent season and every day was just the Orioles fight song over and over again. Yeah. They really, really outperformed their, their projection last year. Mm -hmm. All right, Jason. Well, that is going to do it for us here today. We will be back next week, talking more futures, talking about attacking the futures market before we go into getting ready for the regular season and how you're going to want to approach some of these early season bets. But it has been a pleasure with you here today. Where can people find you and the great work you're doing around the internet, my friend? Uh, Spreadopedia, twitter.com. That's the best way to, to find me. Post most of my appearances there. Find me here at Unabated for the uh, the foreseeable future. And don't forget, if you did watch the World Baseball Classic, I think it was a, a good opportunity to scout some potential MVP candidates. And uh, Trey Turner, the new Captain America, really, uh, really showed some things. And obviously, he's already a $300 million shortstop. But with Bryce Harper out for most of the season in Philadelphia, it would not surprise me to see him as a MVP contender for the entire regular season. I was really impressed with him. Um, all WBC, he carried the uh, the team Team USA when when they needed big hits. And uh, if that carries over into the regular season, he will be one of the favorites. I saw as high as fourteen to one at Circa on my way out of town. Still see some twelve to ones available. If you got anything over double digits on Trey Turner, that's my uh, NL MVP pick to start the year. There you have it. One last nugget there. We'll be talking more about MVPs next week when we hit the rest of the futures market. But for now, I don't know if they're going to let me put on this headset again, but if they do catch us next week right here on Deep Left for Unabated. And as always, make sure you're following us at Unabated Sports on Twitter, on the Instagram. And of course, check out unabated.com today. Get ready for baseball season. It is around the corner and we are going to have plenty of tools for you from the unabated odds screen to our MLB prop simulator that is ready to go on the season. Be sure to check it out now. Sign up for your trial today at unabated.com and we will see you next episode.